0: Today, on CityCast Denver. We're going to wrap up our summer reading week with a book about gang violence in Denver that caused something of a stir when it was released in May of 2021. It's called The Holly, Five Bullets, One Gun, and the Struggle to Save an American Neighborhood. The story centers on Terrence Roberts, a former gang member turned anti-gang activist. In 2013, he shot someone at a peace rally he'd organized an incident that will continue to shape his life for years. Our regular host, Bree Davies, sat down last May with Terrence Roberts and with the journalist who wrote The Holly, Julian Rubinstein. This conversation begins with the story of what happened that fateful day nine years ago. And a note, Terrence's story is full of strong language, depictions of violence, and mature themes. Today is Friday, July 15th. I'm Lizzie Goldsmith, in for Davies, and this is CityCast Denver.
1: On September 20th, 2013, Terrence was widely known in Park Hill as an anti-gang activist and community leader. He had been in a gang himself, but after a stint in prison, he had forged a new path And that day, it led him to the Holly, a former shopping center in Northeast Park Hill that was being redeveloped into a new boys and girls club and where Terrence's anti-gang organization had offices.
2: So that particular morning, I was doing my peace rally that day.
1: But people Terrence used to know, people still in gangs, they didn't like the work he was doing.
2: They had been, you know, starting to more ramp up the rhetoric that I was a snitch and all these different things and leaving notes in my office and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm going to just go early to my office to avoid them. Soon as I got there, they were already there.
1: One of the guys waiting for Terrence that day at the Holly was Hassan Jones. Hassan was a member of Terrence's old gang, the Bloods. But Hassan had been talking with Terrence a lot lately and he was thinking about leaving that life behind.
2: So I asked the son, hey, you know, can I speak to you? Can I talk to you? He stood up from the table. He starts telling me like I'm a bitch. I'm a snitch. Um, get the fuck out of his face. Pretty much the bloods, the homies are taking all of this um, and get out of here. Like this is their space. Now I'm getting upset. This is actually my space. <laughs> right. So, you know, so I'm pretty much like, OK, well, bullshit. And I take a step Towards him. I don't even know if we were going to fight or what was going to happen. And he pretty much lifted up a folding knife out of his pocket and showed me that he had a knife.
1: One of Terrence's colleagues stepped in and calmed him down. He left the Holly, took a shower, and carried on with his day, setting up for the peace rally.
2: I head back to the, uh, to the Holly Square. And, you know, when I pull in, I, could, I get out of my car and I hear a gentleman pretty much give like a whoop whoop. Or sue whoop call. this is how the bloods like call each other like sue whoop or whoop whoop and they're like oh he's back over there i could hear them talking on the other side of the camouflage building and i could hear him talking like oh like the snitch is back he's over there i look to my right and right there near the building there's a half-eaten rotisserie chicken with a knife in it with a note on it that says bitch nigga snitch nigga so i'm hearing them talking i walk over and i'm just looking at them am like this is kind of weird i was like this is strange and I felt like I was in the twilight zone. I kind of didn't know what to think. So I grabbed the knife. I grabbed the note. I throw it on the ground. I put the knife in my pocket. And then all this big group of bloods just come from around the side of the building, the north side of the building. And then they just started coming from everywhere. So Hassan is like riding in front of us, like 12 feet in front of me. He's riding a bike and he's staring at me laughing. And I'm looking at Hassan. I'm like, why, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this to me? You know, and He's just like, because you're a snitch, you said I'm a snitch, and I'll be over there in a minute on Bloods to fuck you up. So I'm like, on Bloods, you'll be over here in a minute. And he's like, on Bloods, I'll be over here in a minute to fuck you up.
1: By the way, on Bloods apparently means for real or that the person is so serious about something. You're also going to hear Terrence use the word bool in a minute, and that means cool.
2: So I had my gun. I had brought it from my house and put it in the trunk of my my car just in case if I needed it, man, because they were calling me a snitch and threatening me, leaving notes in my office, all these things. So I didn't know what could have happened to me, but I didn't think they were going to try to hurt me at this rally. Right. And I heard him say to these other bloods, well, let's get them pretty much. And they tried to like come around me like they were going to like attack me. And they they got pretty. They were starting to get closer and closer. So I just I just shot. I shot at them. <laughs> they were in front of me, so I shot at them. And and I was walking up to him, and I was walking up to him. He was still. He was saying like, "Bludger, stupid," and was saying something else. And I shot him in the chest. I shot him again. I pulled the knife out my pocket and I hit him with it. I'm, I'm able to say this to you now because I couldn't say it during testimony, but at that point, I was angry with Hassan. My lawyer's like, you better not say you were angry, Terrence, stand because, you know, did you shoot him out of self-defense or anger? I shot my gun out of self-defense, but at that point, and he was still talking, I was, I, I, you know, I knew the seriousness of everything. I hit him with it. He begged me for his life. He was like, "Please, blood, don't kill me. I'm boo." He was still coherent. he was talking. I had a conversation with him. I said, "I'm not gonna kill you." um he was he, he said again, he was like, "I'm boo, T, please don't kill me." And I was just looking just left and right to just see if I had to defend myself because I seen guys like popping their heads up behind cars, and I didn't know what, like if someone was going to start shooting at me or what, and then the police came from the north side of the building through the crowd. And they were like, drop your weapons, drop your weapon. And I I just set my gun down on the ground. And then I just put my hands up and just lowered myself to the ground. And they came and arrested me then.
3: New at 11 today. This man, Terrence Roberts, once uh, one of Denver's most well-known community activists, is starting trial for attempted murder. He admits to shooting a reputed gang member, ironically, at a peace An rally. An
1: anti-gang activist who was once a gang member himself is on trial for attempted murder. Terrence Roberts' case is getting a lot of attention before the 2013 shooting. He spent eight years trying to clean up Denver's Park Hill community. Now the
3: victim's family is telling 7 News they don't believe that Hassan Jones threatened him.
1: Terrence is eventually found not guilty in the attempted murder trial, but the story of a former gang member turned anti-gang activist who shot someone at his own peace rally spread like wildfire, and it got all the way to journalist Julian Rubenstein, who wanted to know more. So it's time to sit down with Terrence and Julian and talk about The Holly, this new book that sprang from a tragedy. best part is pine melon offers same day delivery to denver and soon boulder within a two-hour window no subscription necessary save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door join the movement and support local today use promo code citycast denver for 75 dollars off your first delivery at pinemelon.com that's pinemelon.com well thank you guys for being here i appreciate it
2: absolutely thanks for having great to be here
1: terrence Why did you want to talk to Julian or why did you trust Julian to write this book about your story?
2: I was, and I wasn't really reaching out to anybody, but the local media, they were literally just dragging me through the mud and they were making accusations like I, I shot Hassan out of anger or like I was like this washed up activist who needed respect or just all these different things and none of these narratives were true. And it was like, they were just really working with law enforcement to railroad me to prison. So when Julian emailed me, um I looked him up. I researched him. Um after seeing his credentials and after him showing the interest that he wanted to show, I didn't have anything to hide from him. I needed to get my narrative out there the best I could and uh now, now it's led to this.
1: Julian in in hearing Terrence lay out this experience and then um I know in your book you've it, there's a lot of talk about the media and how and Terrence talked about this a little earlier too, how he wasn't necessarily getting fair coverage of his experiences in the city. Um, I read an interview that you did, Julian, last week, and it sounded like you were anticipating a strong reaction to this book and maybe some controversy. Can you explain, can you explain that?
3: I would say that there's no way to even talk about that day without, without at least talking about the six months prior to it, mm. during which the escalation of the tension began. Terrence had begun to feel like his peace movement was being infiltrated by these people, by these active gang members. There was also a large and well-funded undercover operation going on in the neighborhood on the street at that time, and highly funded multi-agency task force run by the ATF, and it was employing informants from the Bloods in the neighborhood. Terrence felt that they were infiltrating his movement and that they were targeting him. Also, in the lead-up to this, Terrence had fallen out with all of the powers that be at the Holly, which are significant. We're talking about some of the most powerful and influential entities, organizations, and people in the city, including, of course, Philip Anschutz, the mayor, the Denver Foundation, the Urban Land Conservancy, the Boys and Girls Club. All of these people were people who Terrence had become at odds with because he was unhappy with the way that the redevelopment of his neighborhood was going. Let's remember that these are all organizations and people who have never lived in this neighborhood. Terence is a third generation resident of this neighborhood and was running a highly successful effort to stop gang violence. And what had happened was in the six months leading up to the opening of the Boys and Girls Club, suddenly the block is filled with bloods and Hassan Jones became the bellwether in this situation for who's going to win this battle. Terrence had gotten to know Hassan, was trying to work with him to get him out of the gang and at this time all of these bloods come into the block and are also trying to win Hassan over back to the Bloods. And Hassan was sort of in the middle and seemed to be the bellwether in that whoever wins Hassan sort of wins this battle for the future of the Holly. Is it going to be taken over by the Bloods again, who suddenly appeared at this time? Or is it going to be a, a, a victory for the peace movement? So all of this is leading up to the day that he just told you about. So that day didn't just happen out of the blue. That day was the culmination of a significant escalation of tensions to the point where Terrence, the third generation resident of the neighborhood, felt like he was an enemy in his own country, so to speak. So by the time this peace rally happened, he was felt like he was, you know, had a target on his on his back. Um, You know, like Julian put in the book, I I can't prove this, but.
2: Um, I feel like some of those players who were above the Bloods and um, more po- professional roles could have possibly have known that the Bloods were going to attack me that day or, or or sometime soon. If not at that particular moment in time, there's a significant chance is highly probable that some of those people who are developers and elected officials um, knew that I was going to be accosted by the Bloods in in any fashion. And the Bloods don't just write you summonses, or they don't just take you to small claims. If the Bloods are on the case, all they know how to do is violence.
3: Uh, And I'll I'll just add that, you know, by the time of this shooting and this peace rally, many powerful interests, I would say all of the powerful, very powerful interests at the Holly. one it turns out, that's clear. And, you know, if you read the book, I think the book is, is, is a real contextualization of what actually goes on in terms of development. What we see is how connected, interconnected all of these organizations are to each other and to law enforcement.
1: And Julia, do you feel like that's some of that controversy you were alluding to, or like concern over this book coming out was that all of these players and how things were, you were, you're telling a story that maybe not everybody wants to be told.
3: I'll just say this, there's been meetings of very great people, including many African-Americans and other influential people in Denver who are not part of the power structure of Denver who are meeting to figure out how to help me sort of fortify this book not getting squashed by people who don't want it out. The reason it's not a narrative Denver wants is like they've already been involved in covering up this mess. Mm. And now, you know, they're going to have to, I guess, you know, answer to it in some way.
1: Julian, you you spent a long time, many years, working on this book. Um, what drove you to keep investigating Terrence's story?
3: One thing I re- realized, um, sort of early on, a couple things, I guess. One one was that the story that was out there and being told about what happened in this shooting case was not what I was finding in my reporting. And the other thing was that the echoes of the civil rights movement um, and the development of Denver were so strong that I realized I was going to, in order to answer the question of like, why did Terrence Roberts shoot Hassan Jones at his own peace rally? I was gonna have to go back 50 years to try to answer that question.
1: Let's bring this into current context and Terrence, I know most recently you've been in the news for facing charges around your role in organizing protests for Elijah McClain. Um, can you talk about the latest that's going on with you in that case?
2: So um, a few weeks ago, Arapahoe County dismissed seven of the eight misdemeanors that they charged me with in Adams County just recently. Um, dismissed uh, my felony rioting charges and all of my misdemeanor rioting charges. So I have all of my charges dismissed in Adams County and I have one misdemeanor still pending in Arapahoe for impeding a highway for a demonstration that we did.
1: And Julian, do you see any connection between Terrence's current legal predicament and the story that you, you wrote in this book?
3: Big time. I mean, you know, the whole epilogue is mostly about that. I've told people, thank God I didn't Um, I thank God I did miss my book deadline (laughs) because had the book come out two years ago, it wouldn't have been able to cover the remarkable events of 2020 and 2019 when Terrence began to be involved in the Justice for Elijah McClain movement, where he was a leader of that movement. Um, And um, then during the post-George Floyd stuff in Denver, he was one of the most powerful and important leaders of the protest movement there. And then uh, guess what? He ends up arrested and facing charges for peaceful protests. I talked before about the echoes of the civil rights movement when activists were targeted by law enforcement. And I didn't start this book with any preconceived notion or any political agenda at all. I came out of it thinking, what is possibly going on here? I mean, it's very, very difficult to understand why Terrence Roberts is being arrested on felony charges for leading peaceful protests. Um, Someone asked me something about if I'm an activist and the answer is no, I'm a journalist, but like, I'm sorry, I'm also uh, like a citizen of America. And in America, you're allowed to protest. Right. Where is the outrage? I mean, like, I don't understand. No reporting has reported that Terrence was told and others that they'd been followed for months, months before they were arrested for peaceful protests. I've been to these protests, okay, and I also know Terrence very well. I see him all the time, and I can tell you that he's not involved in criminal activity. And anyone who knows him or certainly who follows him is going to know that. And this is what we're spending our public law enforcement money on to target activists? I'm sorry, but I hope people wake up to this story.
1: Thank you both so much for being here.
2: Thank you. It's great talking to you. Yes, and thanks for having us on. I really appreciate it, Bree.
0: This May, a documentary film based on the book, premiered at the Mountain Film Festival in Telluride. You can find out more about it at the That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Lizzie Goldsmith, Paul Caroli, Andrea Salinzi, and Aaron O'Toole. Our music is by Los Mocachetes with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. Bree, Peyton, and Paul will be back next week. And on Monday, we'll be kicking off an exciting new four-part series about psychedelics and the activists and entrepreneurs trying to figure out how this is all going to fit into life in Colorado. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any of those episodes. While you're at it, sign up for our morning newsletter at denver.citycast.fm. Bye.